Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking movies, TV, comics, and more. Join in the conversation on our social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome back to a special edition of the ODPH Podcast. I am your host. My name is Ken M. And joining me in the studio is actually not the normal panel because we are doing a special edition because it is Cos-tober on the ODPH. If you're just tuning in, we are talking to the best of the best. And I do stress that. The best of the best cosplayers in the 607. We had Crisis Cosplay and Justin Crowell Cosplay on last episode. If you haven't heard that, go through the archives. You can find them on OchoDuroParleyHour.com and check it out. But right now we have our next guest in studio to talk Cosplay 101. First up is a returning guest. You know him from Badman Cosplay. You know him as the fellow badge sponsor of Robocon 2019 along with the ODPH. He is an ODPH affiliate. He's currently waiting to hear about Anime Fest if he is going to grace him with his presence. It is the one and only Mike Blakesley. Thanks for having me, Ken. Hey, thanks for coming back on the show, Mike. And he did not come alone. He came in with a masked gentleman. Now, usually I'd probably be getting a little freaked out by this, but I'm not doing that because I actually know who this gentleman is. If you know Binghamton, you know cosplay. I don't feel I need to give a, a proper introduction other than he is one of the biggest cosplayers in the area. It is the one and only Binghamton Webhead. Webs, what's going on? Hey, how's it going, man? Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on the show. I know you got a busy schedule going on because we are in the middle of con season. Obviously, Robocon was a couple weeks back. New York Comic Con was a couple weeks ago. And we're talking Scarecon and Sci-Fi Horror Fest, and there's so many other shoots going on. I know there's a big Halloween parade that we're going to get into as uh, we progress with the show. So obviously, join in the conversation on our social media. You can use the hashtag, hashtag ODPHCosTober, because we definitely want to interact with you, the listeners, about everything that's going on cosplay-wise. And we have two great guests in studio. So let's waste no more time jumping into questions. So, Webs, what is your first reaction when you hear somebody say cosplay to you? Cosplay to me is uh, reenacting a character that means so much to you in a way that relates to the uh, people around you and the kids that look up to superheroes and even just the characters in general. Um, it warms their hearts and it should warm your heart as well. All right, fair enough. And dare I say, what is your true like definition? Cosplay is reenacting a character in costume to the best of your ability. Okay, so obviously selecting the character of Spider-Man is a big deal. So what do you think gravitated you towards that? Uh, I just related to him a lot. I, uh, I was a gymnastics student for 12 years, 13 years. Uh, I did ballet, I did tap, hip-hop, uh, and I just I really liked wearing spandex, I guess. All right, well, fair enough. I mean, hey, it works for everybody, and obviously that's what superheroes wear. Well, most superheroes wear, we'll say. I mean, there's your occasional Punisher and uh, – I dare I say the more grounded heroes that get involved with that. So the costumes are a little different. But obviously with an iconic character like Spider-Man, you know it comes with the turf. Yeah, you don't see Iron Man wearing spandex. No, because that would just be a weird suit. I mean, the extremist version maybe or you know something else he does because he's Tony Stark. He thinks of that kind of stuff. Mike, you got a question you want to ask? Yeah. Um, what, what exactly uh, got you started in it and how early do you think it uh, began? I think it started in 2011. Um, my gymnastics leotard actually resembled the colors of Spider-Man. So I remember taking apart clothes and different gymnastics parts of my cl- uh, my outfit and just wearing it underneath my school clothes, trying to make it look like Spider-Man. And uh, I would just run around town, take pictures, uh, go to Robocon, 
and uh, it, it just it just worked. I guess people noticed. Yeah, I would definitely say so because I mean that was one thing that came across our wire when we were talking about cosplaying last year, and everyone was mentioned like, "Have you seen this kid walking around?" I'm assuming you're a kid. I mean, like I said, you're in costumes, so I can't really tell. That you, there's this kid walking around and he's jumping off stuff as Spider-Man in Binghamton. And I'm like, okay, I need to find out about this. And then, like, obviously found you on your Instagram. You can find his Instagram link in the show notes for this episode. So, obviously, going in with that, like, what really just inspired you to just become Spider-Man, I guess? Definitely the movies and the comic books. I could I could look at panels and different scenes, and I can reenact different poses, different uh, different stunts, and just try to, like, recreate them in images and post them on Instagram. But which movie do you think really had the most impact on getting into this? I would say the Andrew Garfield, the Amazing Spider-Man series. Uh, there was just something about him that related to me. And as as far as being Peter Parker and Spider-Man, uh, he had a sense of elegance and different fin- uh, physique than Tobey Maguire did that I could kind of copy. Sure, that's I a really good that. question. Yeah, I I could definitely see that. Like I was never a, a big Andrew Garfield fan, not to cause like a problem now on no, the episode. Absolutely. But like for me, it's like Tobey Maguire, I thought was great, and obviously Tom Holland is killing it right now. He is the Spider-Man. So obviously, getting that inspiration, you go, okay, I want to start becoming Spider-Man, so to speak, and really get involved in cosplay. So what would you say was like the first experience that you were like, okay, I want to get a suit, I want to make this as realistic as possible, and and see where you go from there? Like, was it for a, a competition? Was it just for fun to take photos? Like, break down the process for us. All right, so I, I, I went to Robocon, I think, 2015. Okay. Um, and I showed up in my gymnastics leotard outfit, and... It, the first day I could tell that I was I was being one-upped as far as cosplayers go. This is my first time doing it, so I was like, I got to readjust some things, find out what I can do to make this costume better. I was starting off with sunglasses as lenses, and I couldn't see, and uh, I would crash into different things all the time. Oh, no. um, so I, I, I tried looking at different uniforms, uh, studying different techniques on how to make this costume come to life. Um, I, I met some really great people online, who kind of gave me some advice on how to make the costume a little bit better than what it could be. Like, I didn't know Spider-Man's had face shells underneath their masks. There's a plastic barrier that kind of hides the features of your lips and your nose, and it magnetizes the lens to the face, so you can take them off, wash the suit, and not have to worry about the lenses cracking. That's an interesting point, because I never really thought about that with the mask, because, I mean, obviously, there's so many different interpretations you could do with a mask. Yeah. So obviously whatever will hold up because obviously you're talking like real lit. You're trying to make the costume as realistic as possible. So from going in from the first year and you went to Robocon, Binghamton's uh, sci-fi gaming and fantasy convention that they have every year, you really thought you were getting one-upped and just kind of seeing like what everybody else was doing. Yeah, I did the, I did the costume contest too. And I, I knew I wasn't going to place. And I knew a, a kid in spandex wasn't going to place against someone foam armor or someone with a scary costume with amazing makeup, or just someone who reenacts the the Joker amazingly. Um, I I I knew I had to step up my game, so I wanted to make it a little bit more personal. So from this point, you was was it a couple of weeks after Robocon uh, 2015, or was it more like I'm going to wait a couple months and get get back on the horse, so to speak, about it? Um, actually, I uh, I talked to my grandma about it. Actually, she actually helped me with everything as far as sewing wise. Very cool. Um, we, we, we got a pattern from online, uh, amazing person named, uh, I think his name was Brian actually, um, who gave me the amazing experiment file and we laid it out onto spandex, cut it out, uh, sewed it. And then I remember painting the suit for about two months, I think. 
and uh, it was a long process of matching different fabrics and different paints and different lenses and frames. Now what uh, what type of paints did you use on that one? Uh, I used Tulip Puffy Paint, okay. uh, the metallic black color. Okay. Yeah. So obviously this has taken a month's process, and was the goal just to do the costume, or was it to get back to Robocon and just really shine there, would you say? The goal was to feel like that scene in The Amazing Spider-Man where Andrew stands up on top of the skyscraper and that moment where he's wearing the costume for the first time and he is Spider-Man, that's what I was going for. Okay, fair enough. So as you said, this process took a couple months? Yeah, yep. So going in with that, when you finally got the product done, did you go show your grandmother, obviously, that she was, you know, since she was helping you out with this, or who was the first person you showed the suit to? Um... Like the public, I guess. I, I, it was, we just finished it on a Friday, and I got out of school, and I remember having the suit in my backpack, and I was like, I got to get out there. I got to do something. It's the weekend. So I got out of school. The first thing I did out of school was I, I, I took the bus to downtown Bing, and I, I put the suit on in an alleyway, jumped outside, and just started doing flips, and uh, I got noticed on uh, The Whale, actually. One of the local radio stations. Yeah. So... This is just like really Spider-Man to the T. Like he gets off the school bus, puts on the suit, and obviously starts swinging. You haven't now. You're not doing webs, but you're doing more like the parkour flips and, and such with your the gymnastics background that you were kind of touching upon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And just really the first time out, you're just walking through downtown Bing and just taking photo shots and and that whole night. Yeah, I kind of just got a sense of where things were. You don't really get to see different parts of Binghamton unless you go and explore them. So I took that first day to kind of walk around, see what I had to kind of experiment with, different poses, different places I can do different tricks off of and onto. Um, it, it really gave me a sense of Binghamton's atmosphere. That is truly impressive, because especially coming out the gate like that. I mean, to really just say, okay, I'm done with my suit. I had my first shot at Robocon. It didn't work out. As I wanted it, but you put the work in, and then you're like, I'm going full Peter Parker here. I'm going to get off the bus, go in an alley, change, and just start going. And obviously, you didn't set up the you know camera by the web, on the wall there with a web shooter, but you started going and taking pictures. And like, what was the reaction from the public as they were seeing this? Um, my Instagram didn't blow up as big as I hoped it would. As far as the public though, I was I was amazed that I even made it on the whale. Um, it was, it was, I was, I was showing my grandma, I was like, Hey, look, I made it on, on the whale. And she was like, wow, that's crazy. What's, what's next? And I go, I don't know. Right. Because obviously this is when like viral sensations take off. So, I mean, to see somebody that's actually being Spider-Man going through a non New York city town and obviously doing all these cool photos and having that kind of excitement around that. I mean, that's gotta be just such a, like a, like an incredible rush. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so after that, were you saying like, okay, was the mentality of me like, I got to flip and do this? Or was it like, okay, what what was the mindset going after this? I, I noticed that my Instagram wasn't growing as big as I wanted it to. So my thought was I need to, I need to up my game as far as photography-wise too. So I took a photography class in school. Okay. Um, and I, I, I learned how to take photos on my DSLR that my uncle got me. Um, it was a Sony A100 and... It wasn't the high-tech gear that everyone uses for their Instagrams today, but um, it, it got me through what I needed to do. Um, I would set it up on a tripod. I'd take 50 shots, hoping I got at least one. Uh, I'd go home every weekend, taking my shots, edit them, and then I'd post it on Instagram, and it slowly got bigger and bigger. Um, but the flipping, the videos got more likes and 
and comments as far as photos did. See, that's incredible. And I know, Mike, you've, you've done many photo shoots for cosplay. How important is that to get that one shot in that really just takes off and goes big as, as you can go, would you say? I, I mean, obviously, it, it really helps. Um, now, like in, in my instance, especially like with my photography page, you know, I, I don't really have like a huge following. Um, and But it's funny because, you know, we, we worked together before. Yeah, yeah. That was... Um, what, two two years ago something that was like, like that. halfway through my 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 exposition really i mean that's just like a weird it's like six degrees of St- stan lee yeah, rest in peace so you know i post a bunch of pictures and you know i'm getting like what 15 20 likes on them they go on his page i bet you if you were to go and look they got like 300 yeah you know it's just it's funny how that works but um i mean for me that it was just it was cool to finally get with somebody that actually like had quality quality costume and um you know the 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 entire experience of going out with uh webs here he it you know you could tell he'd been doing this for a little while he's he's out um you know doing his little flips doing all sorts of stuff for the camera um and people are you know we're getting noticed well we're we're trying to be off someplace away from the public but we're getting noticed people are coming over they're yelling to them they're just eating it up you know and that's gotta be the best it's, feeling too i mean just that initial reaction of just when you're you, you, like you as a photographer taking the cosplay photos and you as the cosplayer you're going out and just the general reaction is just like you know the wonderment the excitement like what is going on because until i really started knowing cosplay i always be like okay i really don't know what the heck is going on here and just but to see the reaction just when somebody's really getting into character like that. Because trying to do Spider-Man and doing all the acrobatic flips is very difficult, I would imagine. It's not something that anybody could just, you know, put on a suit and try doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, just yesterday, actually, um, I did at least like 30 flips. And by the end of the, the hour that we went out for, my, my face shell was just covered in sweat. My I, There was so much water in there. It, it takes a lot of... Uh, a lot of training and a lot of, uh, I guess, patience with the costume, even. Well, I think you'd have to be. I mean, obviously, with how intricate the detail is, especially I mean, with the variations of, of Spider-Man suits that you could do, you know, obviously taking a look at the comics line, the movie line, the TV shows, cartoons, et cetera, et cetera, you could really just make your own costume and make it stand out. But for you going to the most realistic version of the Andrew Garfield style and just really go full tilt with it with you know the goggles and and what you know what have you with it that's just got to be something that is just takes so much time that to get perfect i mean obviously you're going to have to still keep working at it and the suit's not like a finished product would you say yeah yeah no i uh and to this day i'm still upgrading the suit i find uh there's pieces of it that rip and you gotta repaint things um i i tend on getting a new suit every every year pretty much i get two suits every year i think really because I have to repair them that fast, they, they 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 wear out. That's amazing to hear. Yeah, no, I think I have like 12, 14 suits now. I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't realize with cosplay is how much it really like costs you and how much effort you have to put into keeping things together. I mean, you know, we can talk more about it uh, later. But you know, I went as Vegeta for Comic Con. Mm-hmm. That thing, I, I couldn't wear it the next day, even if I wanted to. That's insane. Because, so, yeah. I mean, it just goes to show how passionate you are about doing this. For cosplay, I mean, 
you could say it's almost like a casual to some, but almost like a second job to others. Yeah, no. In for example, my uh, my best suit cost about eight hundred dollars. Wow. Uh, the entire thing is screen printed, uh, printed on actual red and blue spandex instead of just white, uh, which is a lot of Spider-Man costumes are printed on just white spandex. That is an amazing. Tr- I'm just trying to wrap my head around this because I mean I, I've always seen the costumes, but I never realized like how much they cost to do. Because a lot of cosplayers I know personally are more DIY and and kind of do it that way. But to go and spend that, obviously, I mean for a high quality suit like that too. Yeah, I mean, that's really remarkable. I've done DIY. I've, I've done uh, all my suits by itself uh, with my grandma, and that last suit I talked about uh, was kind of like the the end game of all the suits I wanted to get. That was the one I've been wanting since I was 11 years old. I was like, that's the suit that, <laughs> that it, it's it's my suit. I could have that. That's awesome to hear. Instead of buying a car, I bought that suit. You hey, know? Sacrifices for it, but when you're that much of a fan of the character and that much a fan of a cosplay, you know, you go all out. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole deal about doing it. It's like, you know, you go full in or you just don't go in at all, so to speak. That's truly remarkable to hear. Tell you what, let's get a quick break in. So obviously hit us up on the social media accounts, hit up hashtag ODPH Coztober. We are going to come back, talk more with the Binghamton Webhead and Mike Blakesley. You are listening to the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. I'm Harrison. I'm Jordan. Well, I am Harrison. I'm fucking Jordan. All right. And we're, we're the, the Grief Radio Podcast. Podcast. Let us be your unnatural Sherpa guides on this existential plane of mountainous game and movie exploration. And don't forget about that spookiness that lives within us all. But mainly in you, you spooky bitch. I'm offended. We've been voted the best podcast to listen to by many. By many? That means a few. That's more than one. Results may vary. We'll see you on the next episode of Grief Burrito. Yeah. Yes! Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is George Gatton, and you are listening to the Ocho Duro Harley Hour Entertainment Edition. Coming back for the second segment on this special edition of the ODPH Talking Coztober with Mike Blakesley and the one and only Binghamton Webhead. So last segment, we were talking about how Binghamton Webhead got started in this whole cosplay game. And his first, I guess, exposure, kind of like when Spider-Man first hit the Daily Bugle and was really brought to the mainstream, brought locally out by the local radio station. Everybody's talking about your pictures. Where do you go from there? Well, uh we just continued on what we started we uh i kept going to school every day after school i'd come back downtown i'd do a couple flips get my training in for the day uh and then go home how long would those sessions last would you say roughly just guessing it it depends on how i was feeling um if it was a weekend it could go up to like four to five hours if it was a weekday um however long i needed to get my mind off of things that's absolutely crazy i mean just to how much dedication this is, because like I said, when you started this, I mean, you were at a really young age. So to be that fully committed to the character, I mean, that's just very impressive. At least I'm, I'm, I think it's very impressive. So as you're going from there, it's the next shoot coming up, or what was just the mindset? Because at this point, you're training, I guess, doing the flips and doing the everything that's involved with the cosplay. Was it like, okay, I got to get ready for another competition coming up, or... Was it? I just really want to just kind of make myself go viral as much as possible. Well, at this time, I was I was doing gymnastics um, competitively. Um, I was only like two two spots away from being Olympic, actually. 
But really? Yeah. Um, before I did, I tore my my ACL, my knee. I was two levels from being Olympic. Holy cow, man! Um, uh, but I, I was doing gymnastics, and those classes went for like three hours at a time. So going out three hours at a time as Spider Man was no no problem. Um, I, I I wanted to get a little bit better around the parkour aspect, though. Gymnastics is completely different than parkour as far as being fluent and being able to move around different obstacles. Um, so I just wanted to get better at that kind of that kind of technique, I guess. Now that ACL injury that was just about a year ago, right? I I tore it two years ago, uh, and then but you got it f- fixed a year ago. Correct? And then I did a whole I did a whole year of gymnastics, not knowing I tore my ACL. Wait, 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 wait. all right. I'm just making sure I, I'm hearing this correctly. So you tore your ACL. Yeah, that ligament in, in your knee. And you kept going because you didn't realize it was hurt? I, I knew there was something wrong. Uh, I went to my doctor and got x-rays, and I, I just thought my kneecap was dislocating. Because, I, I mean, you hear about the ACL injuries happening in pro sports. Yeah. And people are out for a year. You kept going with a torn ACL, parkouring, and going full Spider-Man. Yeah, I was doing flips off of uh, off of churches in downtown, and my knee would slip, and I'd be like, "Oh, my kneecap dislocated. Let's just push that back in place, and we're good to go." So that's like the Patrick Mahomes injury that happened recently. Mike, you know about sports the, more so than than Webb. Yeah, you, you, the the dislocation you're talking. Yeah, yeah. So Webb, you just pop that thing back in place, just, and like the show must go on. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess. I mean, I figured that I had I had one more year left of gymnastics. Because uh, you're only allowed to do gymnastics competitively until you're 18. Okay. Um, and then afterwards, you have to go to college. Uh, and I was like, this is my last year. I haven't competed yet. This is my first year competing, but I want to get it done. So I did all the uh, all the summer training. Um, and I did a couple months of training. And then there was a point where my routines just weren't keeping up with me. My knee could not uh, continue the routine. So I... I went to my doctor one more time after going like three times, and I was like, "Hey, I need I need an MRI. There's something wrong with my knee. It keeps popping in the place." And they were like, I, "We don't know what's wrong with your leg." So we get the MRI, twenty ACL, and your meniscus is is upside down. Wow. I mean, what what can you say like when you hear that? I mean, your initial reaction. I mean, this is like a more severe version than when like Spider Man had the cold he was battling way back in the seventies. Like going digging into the comic history. But this this is just like how absolutely just crazy this is. And I mean, your reaction when you're hearing this, were you thinking like, all right, I tore it. I'm going to stop being Spider-Man for a bit. Or were you just like, well, I've kind of worked around it long enough. I think I can keep going. The The first week I found out I tore my, my ACL, I actually cried. I sat there and I sat there with my grandma and we just kind of looked at each other and we were like, this is this is it. We're, we're done. We, we can't. We can't continue doing gymnastics for it. You you can't compete. And the Spider Man thing, if 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 you keep going, it could it can can continue hitting your your knee. So we, we got the surgery, and I think after like a month of being healed, like after a month of being after the surgery, mm-hmm. um, I went back out. <laughs> wow. So like not even thirty days, and you're like, nope, the city needs me. I'm going back. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't do any flips, no. But I was I was doing handstands, walking on my hands. Uh, Kind of like moving around, jumping over things, but not to the point where like I was back then. Okay, that is just in, in like trying to wrap that around because, like I say, you hear about injuries. I mean, Mike, like I say, we we watch a lot of sports, 
to hear like somebody that's out for an ACL, I mean, what do you think? Like, I mean, obviously a year is gone. Nobody's, you're just trying to rehab and get I mean, back on your feet. Typically, I mean, it's, it's kind of unheard of, but a lot of times you'll see people that are trying to get back in like nine months, mm-hmm. you know, and that, but that's pushing it. No. And Webbs is going back in 30 days. That, I, I salute you, sir, because that is not an easy feat to do, let alone for the, you know, for, for such an intricate cosplay as you're doing. Right, you know, I think I, I think I started doing flips again after the six month mark. Okay, started doing yeah, back that, handsprings. That sounds about right. I th- and I think if we go on your Instagram, you can kind of see a little bit of that rehab, like kind of poking its head up. Yeah, no, I uh, when I got out of surgery, even the nurses they saw me with my mask on. I got out of surgery, took a picture with my mask on, and I just let everyone knew that hey, it's it's gonna be a while. Um, but you know, stay with me. I'm I'm gonna continue what I'm doing. That, that is that is just full. T- like detail too, because if you're having your surgery with the mask on, yeah, I do. You are Spider Man. All right, now I'm, <laughs> if you if you show me that you have like web shooters, I, I actually I do. That um, all yep. right? Mike is showing me this. Can we put that page or picture on our Instagram later? Yeah, at some absolutely. Point? No, I mean obviously Any photos I'll, you need. Hey, I'll tag you on it so that you have it. Thank you very much. No, we, well, we have your links, like I said, on this episode's liner notes uh, to find your Instagram page and obviously see this. So obviously coming back and rehabbing and doing your cosplay while dealing with an, uh, an torn ACL. Like I said, I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this. What, yeah, I, we, me too. I mean, I was dealing with high school still too. I got the superhero business. I got the ACL issue, and then I got school. Yeah. So I mean, you're really living the Spider-Man life. Yeah. And just to go in with this, you're still doing the handstands while you're rehabbing your knee yep. and, and dealing with that. Um, because at this point you get, you got your surgery done. So where do you go from here? Um, I took this time to work on costumes. Okay. I, I needed, I need more costumes because at that time my costumes were wearing down. And then there was also some cons going on. We had New York city comic con going on. We had Robert con going on. Um, so I, I went to the cons in Spider-Man costume. I didn't need the knee brace anymore at that time. Okay. So it wasn't like, Hey, he looks injured. Um, I just had to make sure I wasn't doing any anything big. Um, I used to flip in the costume contest, and that's how I'd I'd went over the, the crowd. But at this point, I I kind of just walked in, and was like, "Hey, I'm Spider Man. I'm actually going to judge this year." Okay, so that that has to be a step up because, like, from your your time of cosplaying, your first year that you decided to do it, that was the one that you didn't come out the gate strong, nope. as as you said. The second year, that's when you came in, you had the full suit, and you're like, "Here I am." Yeah, and I won I won second place and judge's favorite. At Robocon. Yeah. So now this is year three, if I'm doing my math this is right? the fourth year, I think. The fourth year, okay. Yeah, I missed that one. No, no, that's no, that's perfectly fine. So the fourth year now, you come in and you win the competition. So this is after dealing with your ACL injury and your, your torn meniscus, and you've been practicing and still doing the photos, obviously putting them on social media, still you know, generating that buzz. To come in and then to take the first place at the competition, I mean – how would you describe that moment? Uh, I had I had some friends along the way that kind of inspired me, and it, uh, they kind of just led me in the direction I needed to go, and it got me to the point where I was like, "Hey, I won a costume contest. That that's that's what I wanted to do. Let's keep going." So I I got I got a message from Robocon asking me if I'd like to do the judging because they were short a couple years ago. I, I think it was last year. It was just me and uh, Yana, and uh, 
we 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 did uh we did the costume contest the judges and we just sat there and i was like i'm a judge now uh justin and chrissy aren't here but i i'm a judge and the next year after this so this last year uh this last rubicon everyone was there justin christina the whole cosplay judges. community yep. pretty much of the local area rather and so i mean and obviously we've t- touched upon i mean crisis and justin were here last episode so how did you get mixed up with them in this whole cosplay game my first year of rubicon I was looking for Deadpools to interact with because Spidey and, and Spidey and Deadpool are just a great combination together. But uh, there was something different about him because the day before I met him as Deadpool, he was the Joker, and he he played the character so well that I looked up to him as as a cosplayer just because of how great he was portraying the character. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, Justin in, in Crisis put in so much work to do. I mean, and, and for his Deadpool, too. Like, I've seen some photos of you guys interacting, too, and it's hysterical. I mean, it's just spot on what Spider-Man and Deadpool are. Yeah, I actually, it got to the point where I'm actually training him now. I'm, uh, I'm teaching him how to do backflips, and uh, we, we're starting off slow, but he's doing it. We, we went downtown one time, uh, sliding down poles and, and just having a lot of fun. That's crazy. Like, I, I can only imagine when Justin gets fully, like, mastered into it. Yeah. But obviously, seeing how th- successful they are, that just kind of gave you a little more inspiration to keep going at this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we, we became friends to the point where um, they'd invite me over to different cons that I was unaware of, like Salt City Comic Con up in Syracuse. I didn't know anything about that. And they, they were like, hey, if you want to come with us, we can get you in the con and you can join our cosplay coalition and we'll be a giant group. And I was like, that sounds fantastic. Let's do it. That's amazing. Mike, you got a question you want to ask? What about, um, I know you've been going to New York Comic Con for a couple of years now. Um, what uh, what really got you into going to that? Um, my uncle was the, uh, the the Brooklyn captain, actually, for for uh, New York City. Oh, really? Um, and he, he got tickets to New York City Comic Con one year. And as a kid, I got really, really sick and wasn't able to go. So when I was like 15, 16, um, I got my badge from my friend Matt and Yana uh, to go first year. And then the second year, Mike, you got me my, my tickets. Um, yeah. You helped me with that, yep. which I'm very grateful for. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right on. Um, and then this year, we uh, I went with Justin and Christina. So without these friends, I wouldn't have been able to, to travel these different places and do what I want to do. So, Mike, let me ask you this question. Since you have met many cosplayers throughout the year, how would you describe when you first met Webhead and that first interaction when you went for the photo shoot? It was it was interesting. I mean, we had only ever talked on Instagram. Um, you know, I remember seeing that picture of him on the whale and was like, got to figure out who this guy is. Finally, you know, meet up with him. And, you know, to my surprise, when I get there, I still didn't know that he was just a high school kid. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes things a little bit interesting, but it, it, it added to, you know, the mystique of the whole, you know, gig that he's got going on here and you know it as we're doing the shoot together you know i i think we kind of became friends a little bit you know got really comfortable um you know doing cosplay myself it was like we had something to really you know kind of i don't know if saying the word bond is you know proper or but you know, we had something something uh, in common. So. Yeah, and when we met, I was 15, so having an adult asking me to just meet him up with him in downtown and take photos, I was a little intimidated and actually a little scared, but I was. we, we talked a bit, and he made the photo shoot super easy. 
um, we end up being great friends afterwards. And especially because Mike has is a legitimate business person about this, so that's why I said the meetup. Obviously, yeah, it could be definitely intimidating as a as a you know as a teenager. But when you go and you meet up and see how professional Mike does his shoots, I mean, it kind of speaks for itself. Yeah, and, and and to be honest, if I'd known you were that young, I might not have done it. But <laughs> but you know, I'm glad that we did, and it, it's um, you know we, we've kept in contact and uh, we see each other at different types of events like these. So it's uh, it's cool. So Mike, how would you describe New York Comic Con? Uh, in cosplay, um, it's a blast, but it gets very tiresome. Um, you're getting stopped every 30 seconds, if not more often to get pictures taken with complete and random strangers. Yeah. No, not, not that that's a bad thing. It's fun. That's part of what you go to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's nice to get that appreciation because of how much effort you put into making that costume. Absolutely. So, Webs, let me ask you this. New York Comic Con, what memories do you have that really stand out or, like, what really jumps at you as being the Binghamton Webhead in the NYC? C. I, I think of the times where I, I have a hotel room shared with my friends, and every year with the last day, we take that time to kind of just walk around the city, take photos, do what we want to do that we couldn't do in the con. Um, as far as, as, far as in, the, uh, in the con... Uh, I mean, taking photos with people is always really, really fun, but meeting the people that inspired me to cosplay is always a blast. Mike, how about you? What's your most memorable moments of NYCC? So all the times you went. So I've been going to the con for three years, but um, the significant interest in going to the con has been a lot longer. Starting four years ago, I actually went down and I got onto the, the as you know, I've been on the cosplay cruise multiple times. So why don't you times. explain that for our uh, So it's, it's an unofficial after party on the Friday night of Comic-Con. Um, so it's, it's not actually directly related to it. You don't need a badge to go. It's just a party boat that goes up and down the Hudson for three hours, music, and a ton of cosplayers. It's a fun time. So... I started doing that uh, four years ago. I actually went down just to go on that that cruise because I couldn't get to con. And I went with, I had one buddy that went went down. He met up with me. We went on board. I actually cosplayed as Negan. From The Walking Dead. Yep. And, you know, I know nobody on board other than this guy. We're wandering around. I'm taking pictures, just having a good time. Um Originally, the wife was supposed to go with me, but something happened. She couldn't go. So, you know. Shout shout out to KB. Yeah, minding a little bit of a different place. So, um, you know, feeling a little bit guilty that she couldn't come with me. And, I mean, the the view is absolutely gorgeous. So, it's just, it's one of them things that if if you're there and you can go, you should. Because the site alone, party aside, it's a good time. But, um, anyway, taking pictures trying to enjoy myself go home said i'm going back next year well a few weeks pass on and i'm starting to see pictures that other people posted from that party okay and i noticed a few costumes one was freakazoid and freakette it's like why does that stay there in johnson city new york it was chrissy and, and, Justin. and Justin. Oh, get out. Yeah. 
So they were on the boat, but did you have the interaction with them, or you just noticed that they were on I the I just the noticed pictures? it. The, like, their their costumes really stood out to me there because it was like, like I hadn't seen anything Freakazoid in years. Right. So, like, that's one of them things that it's just you saw it, it stuck out, and then it's like, wait a second. Why is this, why is this photo, like, four miles from me? That is and wow. So I reached out to the to, to Chrissy and she told me about the uh, Parlor City Cosplay Coalition and all that and brought me into the group and actually that's part part of how I met uh, Webhead here. And so how important would you say then is networking in cosplay? Locally it's been it's been huge because up till that point like you can ask around but it, it it's it was really difficult to find people that were as into it or at least as interested in it as I was. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting pulled into a group like that, I mean, that was huge. Especially because, like, I thought I was the only one in Binghamton. Like, I thought I was just a lonesome hero, and then I find out there's a giant Avengers group waiting for me to meet up with all these other people who are interested in the exact same thing I am. How cool is that moment, though? Like, when you finally meet, like, others? Because I, I know, if, like, for me, with other podcasts in this area... Like we do the whole hashtag six oh seven podcast with three fat nerds and horror zone mm-hmm. six oh seven and now we're meeting more other shows like uh Artifacts and, and Blow Jam and God Mode Unlocked and you know, we're obviously meeting more daily. It's just kind of a weird situation that when you think you're the only game in town and then suddenly you meet everybody else and just you know, everybody getting on the same page and everybody helping each other grow and going from there. I got to imagine it's got to be the same kind of vibe it, for the cosplay. It is. I mean, you, for a long time, you you kind of feel alone a little bit, at least with your interest. Um, so finding out that, hey, there's a lot of people that actually do do this. I'm not the only, you know, weirdo as a lot of people look at you when, when you think you are the only one. Mm-hmm. Um because let's face it, I mean, there's there's a bunch of us, but around here, I don't think there it really is a huge, huge group. No, I so. wouldn't. I wouldn't say there is just from the outside looking in, but I think it's growing every year. I think that we touched upon this on the last episode too a little bit. Cosplay is now becoming more and more a part of pop culture. Yeah, and it's absolutely, more, and it's been more. Just growing. I mean, you see how many different YouTube channels are showing, and they're just videos yep. of cosplayers. I mean, whether it's they're covering it at a con or they're doing their own video shoots, you're seeing it just kind of slowly explode a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's and, not some outsider thing anymore. There's a lot more people that are doing it. It's not looked at as quite as weird outside of like you know people that are a lot older, maybe for the most part. Right, but for the I, I don't want to say the younger generation because I don't think that's the right wording, but for People that are now more in tune to current pop culture themes mm-hmm. and and styles. Well, even in like in high school too, I would walk the corner and I can hear someone in the background be like, "Hey, I have this really cool costume that looks just like the the TV show of the Flash," and there was something inside me that was like, "Oh, I can tell this guy I'm Spider Man, but I shouldn't though." But I, there's other people though. It's really really cool. So I have people in my class that do the exact same thing I do, but we just aren't on the same. I guess, scale it where we know each other. No, but it's growing, though. I mean, even so to the where it's getting out more in the public eye. I mean, to touch upon something, this happened this past Saturday, that there was the big um, cosplay coalition, I hope I'm saying that right, yep. that met up and was part of the Halloween parade locally. And then why don't you break that down for us, Webs? That, w- that was amazing. I It felt like my team was there that backed me up whenever I needed to, but I was also there for them. It was like the Avengers for me. Uh, we walked down uh, the main street, 
as a as a unit. And uh, our goal was to to see these kids smile and have a, a comic book in their hand, have a pieces of candy, and and perform for these kids. I, I did like thirty flips for them all the way down Main Street. I was exhausted, but it was definitely worth it. That is amazing. But just I mean, obviously, you just want to put smiles on people's faces. Yeah, and we even we even got a new a new cosplayer too that day who I I was in that in that point in time where I was the newbie and I didn't know everyone there but it was still fun for me even if it was I was new so we had this new Batman guy and he looked incredible like he looked just like the Ben Affleck uh, Batman I I know who you're talking about and I'm actually doing a shoot with him in like a week oh right on how how interconnected is all this yeah and this is because of the group yeah, so we, we we finished the parade and we looked at this banner that we had and it wasn't just an idea anymore. We had an actual group, so that's what really hit hard for me. And what is the the official name of the group? Uh, the Parlor City Cosplay Coalition. All right, is uh, on Facebook. Yes. Okay, we'll have to get the links up. I will post that later because they're not going to be a in public the sh- group now, right? Yeah, we just yeah. made it public as far as uh, New York City Comic Con. All right, I will be tagging this up after the episode because the liner notes are already typed in for this. But going forward now, you're now a seasoned veteran in the cosplay game, shall we say, or I would say definitely have continuously shown growth throughout the years. What's next for you as a cosplayer, would you say? Like personal goal for it or just keep doing what you're doing? I get asked this question a lot, and it's it's how long do you think you're going to go for and what's next? And I never know what's going to happen next, and I never know how long I'm going to do this for. Because even that hiccup with my knee, I thought that was the end. I didn't know if I was going to continue. I didn't know how long I could could continue. So, um, I mean, I'm just going to go through college now at this point. Uh, I picture Spider-Man going through college in the comic books and in the games and in the movies. I, I'm just going to recreate what I can, keep doing what I'm doing, but still have fun with it. Um, as far as new costumes go, I got a couple of Spidey suits planned up in the future, and I also have a Daredevil costume set up in the future, which is going to be really, really different for me because I'm not going to be wearing the Spider-Man suit. Oh, you're switching up and going Daredevil. Yeah, I'm uh, going to try something different. Any reason particularly you want to do it or just kind of do a little change? A, l- a, little, a little piece of me broke when I found out that the Netflix series stopped for Daredevil. Um, and going to New York City Comic Con, I got a chance to look at some of the, the outfits from the series. And there was just a part of me that was like, I need to do this guy justice. If I did, if I can do Spider-Man justice, let me see if I can do Daredevil 2. Right on. That's amazing to hear. And Being able to breathe, uh, you know, not through a face mask probably has nothing to do it, with it, though, right? Yeah, definitely be more comfortable. <laughs> well, it's going to be a new challenge, but obviously you're still going to be doing the webhead on top of this. But if you're branching out, I mean, like when we had Justin on, I mean, he's done everything from the Joker to Deadpool to countless others. Um, the one he did down at BronyCon that I know is the the mix with uh, Loki. And I, I apologize, I'm blanking on the name of it officially. And even with Crisis, who did Tinkerbell and, and Harley Quinn and Lady Joker and just throughout... You're, you know, you switch it up, but that's the part of being a cosplayer. You just have the fun with the moment you're in and just paying your homage and fandom to the character. Yeah, and there's, there's times where people will ask me if I'm, I'm bored with my character, and that's why I'm switching it up. I'll never say I'm bored because there's been times where I got the same suit three or four times, and it's the same exact costume. It just needed to be repaired. That's why I'm continuing it. That's amazing to hear. So before we take a quick break, I want to ask Mike and Webhead, Cosplay 101, what's one thing you should do and one thing you shouldn't do? And let me start with Mike first. One thing you should do, if you're interested in it, just just jump in whole, you know, head first. Just go for it. 
look up uh, videos on YouTube if you don't know how to do things. There's a lot of resources out there. Um, things to not do. Don't be, you know, be safe. Mm-hmm. Don't th- be stupid. Yeah. And I know that got covered, la- you know, last week with Justin and Christina, but uh, yeah, can't stress it enough. There's a lot of toxic, toxic stuff that you can be breathing in. Yeah, don't it, don't do that. It, it, it's honest facts, and this is why I try asking the most opinion because I I do hear this a lot. And just to obviously, when you deal with pain, I mean, webs, you can talk about that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, with my my web shoes, I experimented uh, with chemicals that I probably shouldn't have been doing alone. At least um, it started off with a little bit of butane and a little bit of uh, some 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 web fluid, and uh, I remember almost catching my house on fire. <laughs> You went full Peter Parker on this. Like when he used to do the little uh, chemistry kit making the web shooters. And I, I swear this, you must. This guy be, is him. I, if, he, if he starts climbing on walls, I'm getting a camera out and I'm going to start taping this. If he can actually pull this off. This is. It, but it, it, to get back to the point, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, like no. I'm, I'm, I'm just envisioning this happen. And, <laughs> all right. But to bring it back full circle, though, I mean, obviously, this is something we touch upon with everybody is just be as safe as possible. Yeah, no, absolutely. Do uh, as far as like being safe, definitely be safe. You can experiment, just research what you're doing before mm-hmm. you do it. Um, I, I, I learned by trial and error for sure. Absolutely. And one thing you should definitely do? Definitely interact with, with kids. It, it makes a big impact as far as as far as the next cosplay, I guess, group that comes in the age. Um, I remember because Kristen, Christy and Justin are so much older than I am, they had a big impact of who I am today now. Um, I want to be that for kids for this next era of cosplayers. Yeah, so obviously you just want to be the hero to kids and just and just really show that it can be cool and can be something that if you're really a fan of a character, be a fan and, and really show that. Mike, you agree yeah, and about the, And the thing is, is like, even if the kids aren't going to be interested in, you know, cosplay later on, I mean, it, it, you're making their day. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one thing, especially going to cons, you see firsthand. I mean, that's one thing I always do is you see families walking around and if a cosplayer goes up and talks to, and just waves at somebody, just you see the smile light up on them. And I, obviously, the more you can do that with the world these days yeah. is a better thing. Yeah, no, for for sure. And it's it's interesting because, you know, you never know when you're going to actually experience that. I mean, you know, I, I wanted Vegeta this year and I had some kid, little girl, younger than my daughter, run up to me and give me a hug. You know, this guy, this character, he starts out as a villain and he kind of like becomes like a hero later on. But here's a little like five-year-old girl running up to somebody that she thinks is a villain. Big wide eyes big old hug and you know it just you, i made her day and parents, it, parents like, had to prove of that it, just you know obviously yeah it, i mean it, it's it's like it, it just melts your heart to to see that and i never expected that in that character but you know seeing somebody just get that sort of level of excitement and joy it's like you know that that's cool and i think that's one thing too when, when parents are bringing kids down there and they're seeing the interaction they're having just how Kids are still allowed to be fans and just you yep. know really blur the line of make believe and think these characters are real and just when cosplayers pull it off so well and just have that interaction and just make that moment that they're like ah I just hug Spider Man or I or you know I just I wouldn't say well I hug Negan because I don't think that would go over well yeah. I uh, just not. yesterday too I had like three hugs in a row from these kids and I even got a picture of it which is what what makes my day 
all the ba- uh, all more with it. Yeah, see, I don't know if whoever's kid this was is listening to this, but if it is, I know you got a picture of us. I would really love to see it. Definitely, definitely tag it up to Batman Cosplay yep. and to the Binghamton Webhead IG page as well because we have the links up for that. Webs, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me again, man. Appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is always a cool experience hearing the cosplay stories told through the best of the best. And in my opinion, I bring the best of the best on the show. And obviously your stories, it just resonates about how you want to take your fandom to that level and just the interaction and what you really created with it. I mean, it's got to be something to be so proud of. Yeah, and I got, I got tons of stories. So whenever you want to have me on the show, don't be afraid to ask. Absolutely. We will keep that door open as everybody we had on the show. I mean, we can only fit so much time in for everybody during the week, but if you ever want to swing through with the web shooters, we can do this. And Mike definitely is running out of the studio right now because the Patriots must scored as we are recording. So obviously our listeners, shout out to So Wizard and shout out to Wondersoul. They're probably marking out with him right now because the Patriots just did that. Mike will be coming back in for the next segment because we got to catch up with what he's been doing since last episode. He's been doing a lot of stuff, so you definitely want to stay tuned for that. Hashtag ODPHCostober on the social media accounts. You can find it on OchoDuroParleyHour.com. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. On a podcast. <clears throat> Sorry. On a podcast. Anyway, I'm going to start closing up the One Movie Punch secret volcano layer, and we'll meet you back at home. With a secret volcano layer. Wait, wait. Uh, volcano layer? Really? Uh, uh, with a secret volcano layer, one podcast host just can't seem to get a break. This October. Oh, what happened? Joseph is forced to survive by any means possible. Who keeps a parking lot full of wood chippers? In a serial audio drama of adventures. Blood. Blood everywhere. Fountains and fountains of blood. That can only be called Reign of Terror 2019. <laughs> Join us in October 2019 for 31 straight days of horror movie reviews and interviews featuring Joseph, the One Movie Crunch crew, 17 podcast guest reviewers, special guests, and me, your narrator, Shane Hyde. Don't miss Reign of Terror 2019. (laughs) Wait, does this mean I miss Joker? No. Hey, this is Matt Jane. This is Julian Hepworth. I'm Ross Marchuka. And John McBride, and we're shot at the robots. You're listening to. D-P-H Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH podcast with the Binghamton Webhead in attendance and Mike Blakesley making his triumphant return to the podcast. CEO of Badman Cosplay, right? Yep, brand new. Yeah, so since last episode, what have you been up to? You've been up to a lot Building, uh, building my business as a as the photographer, not just doing cosplay, but um, you know, family photos. I'm actually doing a lot of real estate photos for uh, listings. Um, meeting up with uh, some some girls that uh, are into modeling, um, shooting them with cars. We, uh, as as you know, and you've mentioned, we we kind of hooked up together. You meet me in the podcast uh, to uh, 
help sponsor Rovercon, being the the badge sponsors. Yes, did, did some photos while uh, while that was going on. Met a few people there. Yeah, Rovercon was a wild time too. It was, it was a fun time. We did the live podcast, mm-hmm. and then three, and then eight one two two productions did the live podcast too. Uh, we networked. Uh, shout out to Tom from Off the Cuff Gaming. Uh, he's going to be coming on the show at some point too. We just got to work that schedules out. Like the, for con season for us, it has just been like a nightmare of trying to like book everybody. Yep. Because especially on top of Costober, it's just been like literally once we get to November, it's going to be like a nice peaceful like transition well, time. It's not. It's not just that you actually have a lot of things to do. Yeah. You know? well, well, working press for New York Comic Con was like absolutely wild, and mm-hmm. it's such a fun time this year too. Like that. That was a trip. I hope we get a chance to do it again. And we like we met so many other podcasts down there too. But with Robercon, it was an awesome experience to go down to. And I mean, that was the first time we got the chance to do a panel down there. And we didn't get a chance to go to the cosplay competition because we were actually uh, Brian and myself, the our comics blog writer, were on the DC Universe panel that was going mm-hmm. on at the same time. So, and that was a really cool time. But shout out to everybody down there. Webs, you were down at that uh, contest too, as well. I was, yeah, I was judging it. So, what was your takeaway? Like, what really stood out to you for as a judge? Like, when you were looking for that for cosplay, it, it really put into perspective how many cosplayers we have in Binghamton, especially that young. Um, I remember the the cosplay contest used to be a lot smaller than what it was, and there's a lot more kids this year who came in with costumes that were built. Um, there was a Iron Spider Man costume with like actual moving legs on the back of his arms oh that's cool um there was a loki costume that was made out of cardboard so they have they have the potential of of growing as cosplayers like i did um but no they 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 were fantastic it was awesome right on and obviously mike thank you for sponsoring doing the badge work too because without our sponsors i don't think rubbercon gets done on top of that you got a lot more stuff going on yeah again building building the photography business but uh, at the same time um you know came up with Batman cosplay and that kind of rolls back to I finally picked a character that I want to stick with um you know I I've had some issues with uh, blood pressure and health so like that kind of like put me on track to pick Vegeta as as who I really wanted to cosplay and to, to be honest I don't know why I didn't pick him earlier because I've been a fan since like I was a teenager um very relatable to me but um by picking that character, it really forced me to go to the gym. It forced me to really watch what I'm eating, what I'm drinking, doing things like that. Um, so seeing how much I grew in the last, like, like uh, since, like, February, um, while getting ready for this character, I was like, you know what, I got to keep this going. So this is my guy. There's a lot of different options of things that I can do. Um to cosplay Vegeta because it's not just the suit of armor. Like he's got different um different outfits and that's where Badman comes from. Like in one episode he ends up uh getting talked to by a character named Bulma who he eventually ends up uh getting married to later on. But um she she tells him that he stinks, he needs a shower. She takes him makes him go take a shower and she leaves some clothes out for him. He comes out. It's very embarrassing. He it's these like bright yellow pants, green shoes, and a pink shirt. And on the back of it, it says "Badman." Okay. So it's it's kind of like a running joke, like within it, like it's supposed to be embarrassing. But here's this big burly, like you know, jacked up man, and you know you can tell it bothers him, but it, it's it's funny. 
No, that so. works out. I mean, and if you connect with, and with that character, I mean, that just proves that, you know, the cosplay is worth it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. obviously you got that rolling out. The photography by Mike Blakesley business is going on as well. Yep. Yeah, it's it's going pretty well. I'm um I'm I put in for a press badge to uh, try to cover uh, anime anime NYC for uh, the the podcast. I'm waiting to hear back from them on that. Um, sometime next week, I'm supposed to be meeting up with our local Batman here and taking a shoot a, a him. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah, Mike's uh, got a lot going on too, and especially you have a little sale deal you were kind of talking about. Yeah, as well. yeah. So in um, honor of Costober, if we don't already have a deal worked out. Um, if you want to shoot with me, um, I'm going to be offering a discount to people that mention the ODPH um, in the next couple of weeks where I'll cut uh, 50 bucks off of an hour session or longer. That is a hell of a deal, and I thank you for doing it because Mike is officially now our events photographer for the podcast. So when we're going down to NYCC or Anime Fest. I think I just screwed An- up. Anime NYC. See, I yep. always do that because I think NYCC because that's why I was attending. Yeah, but. and anime, anime Fest happens at the same time as NYCC. They started merging them like two years ago, I think. Yeah, so Mike's going to be covering stuff with us, photo- you know, covering with the great photos he does. So, and thank you for doing this too. And obviously for next year's Cosptober, Mike is going to be helping select the class of 2020 to come on the podcast. Yep. So if you go through him, this is the easiest way to get noticed when we start selecting the best of the best cosplayers to come on the show. And I don't know, maybe we'll have to do something at the cosplay contest at Robocon too. Maybe the winner wants to come on and kind of talk a little cosplay 101. I don't know. Maybe. We'll kind of throw it out there. I know Nat and company listen, so shout out to them. So we'll kind of talk about that. But everything runs through Mike, so definitely hit him up about that if you're cosplaying because you definitely want to get involved with that. And reach out through uh, my Instagram for the, for the most part. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me, and that's going to be the uh, photo by Mike Blakesley account, um, which you guys should have tagged, right? Yes, it will uh, be tagged in the okay. liner notes. So definitely get involved with that. So before I let you guys get out of here to go crime fight in the 607 and take some photos and submit them to our uh, social media accounts, let me ask you some Spider-Man questions. So starting with Webb's favorite Spider-Man story. As far as comic books or movies? Whatever. Uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man series, as far as comic books go, it just relates to me as far as uh, the year, because that's the year I was born. Okay. And it was the Spider-Man I grew up with. All right. Mike, how about you? Any favorite Spider-Man stories? I hate Spider-Man. <laughs> hey, I mean, I love you too, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, at, um, least, at least he's, well. No, um... I don't know. I just I, I take it for take it for what it is as far as the movies. I don't I I'm not I don't really read comics too often, so um, not really a, a lot to add there. I really enjoyed what they've done in this latest series of them. I'm glad that they brought uh, you know they got their deal back together to um, bring Tom Tom Holland back for another movie. Yeah, I was going to ask you guys, what's your feeling about Tom Holland coming back? The MCU thing has now finally been squashed. Happy with it or not? I am. Yeah, no, I, I am super excited that Tom Holland is back in the game. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I think that, obviously, him revitalizing that franchise over with Sony and being tagged in with the MCU, and obviously the characters there have helped the franchise grow and you know get, get some new fresh life in there. Because, I mean, it's, when you think Marvel Comics, Spider-Man is one of the top names mm-hmm. that come at you. To see them now finally get the deal worked out, that he can be involved in more 
phase four or five, I mean, depending on what they're going to wind up doing with them in the MCU going forward. And obviously whatever the third Spider-Man movie is going to be coming out with him under that, I think it's just truly a win for all parties involved. I am hearing, though, that they're going to kind of tie him in with Venom and possibly the Venom franchise. So what's your mm-hmm. thoughts on that? I any? feel like it was inevitable because, um, I mean, they they Sony has planned this uh, uh, cinematic universe for a long time. I mean, we got Morbius coming up. Right. Jared Leto, we got the Venom series. And then we also have talk about a Sinister Six series, which has been going on since 2014, 2012. Um I figured they, if they were going to do it, the best way they can do it is at least have Spider-Man in, in the series. You can't have a, a Venom movie without Spider-Man. I agree. Mike, any thoughts on that? So I still haven't seen Venom. Um, Lower the change, expectations. Yeah, no, I I, <laughs> I, I know. I've, I've heard things. I do still want to see it. Um, I think it makes sense to bring them in, and um, it, it might be nice to actually see some continuity across all those characters to get pulled pulled together, possibly at least in one way or another. Um, I like him as Spider-Man, so it, it might be nice to see all that together. I think it'll be a nice addition. Um, obviously, Venom 1 was okay. It wasn't my favorite movie. I'm more excited about the end scene of Venom when we saw who's going to be involved in Venom 2. Okay. Um, you haven't seen it yet, so I won't spoil, but everybody thank, online, thank you. you know who I'm talking about, and I'm excited to see that person playing that character. So, obviously, when they start tying this in, I think it's going to be a win. I'd love to see Tom Holland make a cameo in Venom 2. It would make a ton of sense. And then wherever they go with him moving forward, I think it'll be interesting because Marvel's in this weird kind of transition phase. That we, we touched upon it at the Robocon panel a little bit, too, that obviously with Disney Plus coming out, the Netflix universe has now been absorbed... I mean, they're gone from Netflix, so the characters, in some fashion, I think, will be returning, in my humble ODPH opinion, to the Disney slash Hulu universe. There's been talk about Charlie Cox, Daredevil, and uh, the Punisher coming into the MCU as the movies go, actually. See, I'd be all right with that. I would be more than okay mm-hmm. with that. Um, I would it, love to no, see it'd be It'd be nice to get some more crossover. Yeah, like, and I just want a Vincent D'Onofrio, Tom Holland movie. Yeah, yes, give, yep, give me Spider-Man yes. vs. Kingpin. Yeah, all day. He like he absolutely killed it on the the Cup of Joe panel at NYCC, and you could definitely tell like he still wants to play the character. The hashtag Save Daredevil movement was there yep. too, and they were being very vocal. And I know there's been a lot of like conflicting rumors about who would make it over from the Netflix series, who wouldn't. I but I think Daredevil is the one. It's not broke. Don't fix it. Just bring everybody involved right. over, and I think it would make a ton of sense. So if you had to do a crossover episode with Spider-Man into a non-Marvel property, who would you say and why? I'm going to say The Flash. I think the CW Flash series would be interesting to have Spider-Man enter the universe just because of how wacky that show is in general. Um, And they're very scientific, too. I think Spider-Man would have a blast uh, interacting with Star Labs. All right. Mike? You don't like Spider-Man, so that's (laughs) undefeated purpose. So if you could substitute Spider-Man... I I was kidding, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) All right, then do you want to answer that question I, or defer? I, honestly, um, I don't really have a good answer for you, so I'm, I'm just going to go ahead with what he said. That makes a perfect sense. And let me ask the last question here. Spider-Man, Deadpool movie, should it happen and should it be rated R? Dude, I want, I want nothing to do with Deadpool. He's such a jerk. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yes. Split, <laughs> split decision yes. on the panel today. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the show, talking cosplay and everything else involved. Before I let you go, anything you want to plug, anything you want to shout out, starting with the Binghamton Webhead. 
Yeah, uh, follow us on the Parlor City Cosplay Collection on Facebook. Uh, follow my friend Janet Koo Cosplays. She's an amazing Mysterio with great partners. Um, we, pull, we pull lots of pr- uh, pranks. Um, follow Soundground. They've been a great help for me in my, uh, my Spider-Man journey as, as well. So Definitely. And we can definitely find you on Instagram too. Yep, Binghamton Webhead. All right. Mike? Shout it out. Well, yeah, I mean, I got to shout you guys out for bringing me on, and uh, you oh, know, thank you, appreciate pa- that. Pairing up, uh, pairing up with me for Robocon, making that happen. Um, Robocon themselves for helping promote us a little bit. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, maybe we'll tease a little BroomCon action too, because that's yep. probably going down in May. Yep. Yep. Uh, what free free comic book weekend, right? Yes, and in May, yeah, some more dates and information going to be released in November. Rich is um, from Three Fat Nerds is actually part of their uh, planning committee for that. Um, he has he has announced that on the show. So obviously, since Rich is done with his con season and like they went on four cons, they are ex- extremely tired. I definitely want him up in November and mm-hmm. find out about that. So when some more information comes out about BroomCon, we'll definitely be posting that on the ODPH social media network. Yep. Um. You know, again, you guys really got to make sure you're following Binghamton Webhead. Um, please check out my two pages, Photo by Mike Blakesley and my cosplay page, which is Badman Cosplay, all one word. Um, and Anime NYC, if you're listening, please hook me up. Yeah, let's make this happen. If you have anything to involved with Anime NYCC, let's get Mike down there. Mike is a super anime fan. He will take amazing photos. He represents the podcast. So let's make this happen. Get him down there so he can come back on the show and talk all anime. I know there is talk about doing an anime sequel episode that is in the works for probably 2020. So for Mike to get back on, he needs to go to Anime NYC and make it happen. I still want to say NYCC. I so do, but I know it's not it. I probably butchered this episode, but I do apologize for it. The music you heard on this episode is that of Shout at the Robots. They have a brand new EP out called Passion Aggressive. You can find out all about that on OchoDuroParleyHour.com under the music section. You can also check out Hashtag 607 Podcast. Find out about Three Fat Nerds, Horizon 607. And you can check out Parlay Points, the complimentary blogs to the podcast in between episodes. So much good stuff you can check out on OchoDuroParleyHour.com. But I want to thank my guests once again. We're coming on the show. So for Mike Blakesley. Thanks for having me. For the one and only Binghamton Webhead. Hey, man. Thanks again. I'm your host, Kenham. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. We'll see you next time.